You know, when you think about uh, what are the basic needs that a human being has, I mean, certainly we need oxygen. That, that's just a given. We also need encouragement, affirmation, but there's something we're going to talk about today that uh, we don't talk about much, and that is physical affection. And uh, I'll tell you, um, I'm, I'm one that, that that's my love language. Give me a little hug, give me a fist pump, give me a kiss on the cheek, I am good to go. So today, we're talking about these one another passages, and we're going to talk about affection, giving affection to one another. Hi, this is Eric Hurd, and my podcast is called Relationships by the Book. So why that title? Well, I lived 18 years of my life apart from God, apart from His Word, and my family was one of the most dysfunctional families to grow up in, and we didn't understand relationships. And when I came to know Christ, it absolutely transformed me from the inside out. And I began to understand God's wisdom because I dug into His Word and I saw how much He had to say about relationships. I've been a pastor now for over 45 years, and so this podcast is really an accumulation of the wisdom God's given me in relationships that I want to share with you. Okay, welcome back to the podcast. Good morning, Eric Hurd. Oh, good morning, Michael. How are you? I'm doing well. I... uh you know, it's the middle of summer. Yes. And uh, we just got off of back-to-back trips. And I'm, you know, it's it's crazy right now. Work, we were just talking about this. It's a grind. The the interest rates are changing. I'm in real estate. So it's just, a there's a lot going on. I keep telling people, I'm just acclimating to working harder right now. Yeah, and I'm looking at a huge portrait of Lake Mead as you're telling me how hard you're working. <laughs> and I know you took that picture. It's this serene lake with the mountains around and it's a sunrise and I'm going, yeah, Michael, you're working real hard. <laughs> no, I know that you work hard in order to what? Play hard. Play hard. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. But no, I'm doing well. What's going on with you? Well, you know what? I, I'm just enjoying the season of my life. I, I literally, um, I'm just incredibly grateful for all that I have. Mm. I got a great family, and you're in my family. Did you know that? Thank God. Yeah, and uh, you know, it took me 42 years, Michael, to realize uh, the benefit of understanding my wife's love language. Mm. You know Debbie really well. Okay, What, yes, what do you do. think that might be? Her love language. Well, I. she likes encouragement, affirmation. She does, but there's something more important than that. Her love language. Tell me. It's acts of service. Acts of service. Oh, my gosh. When I not only do what she asked me to do, but here's where I I score points. When I anticipate Mm. what it is that she wants done and I do it, oh, it's a good day. And uh, I just planted a whole new backyard. And my wife did not have to ask me to do it. All right. So I am learning to love her in the way she needs love. But there are, are... there are common things we need to do to love each other, That things we all need. And today we're talking about that whole area of affection. Mm, okay. So what does, that, what does it mean to be affectionate? Yeah. It's, it's so interesting the way God made our human bodies. We were made for a kiss on the cheek. We were made for a hug. We were made to handshake. It's just the way God made our bodies. And I don't know about you, but like for me, that is my love language. Uh, I love affection. I am an absolute hugger. 
And it's so interesting because we've been doing this whole series on one another passages. And I mean, we can talk about being kind to one another, be forgiving to one another, you know, rebuke one another, correct one another. There, there's all these one another passages. But very rarely do people, you know, right off the top of their head on the one another's go, oh, show affection toward one another. Yeah, kiss one another. <laughs> well, you know, absolutely. I, you know I was a youth pastor, right? I do. Okay, so um, I, I remember uh, several times I, I did this message because, you know, you have the same or you have different kids every four years if you're a high school pastor. Well, uh, this one message I would give out of, uh, out of the Bible, and I, w- I would, you know, ask the question to the group. I would say, do you guys believe that, that the Bible is God's word? And they'd go, yeah. Do you believe that when it gives you a command, you should obey it? Yeah. I said, then I'm going to share with you a verse, and I want you to do what it says. And it was Romans 16, 16. Michael, do you know what it says? I have a, an idea, but why don't you tell us? It says, <laughs> greet one another with a holy kiss. Oh, there it is. And then I'd watch the students, and I'd raise my hands going, come on. <laughs> but but in all honesty, back in, in the first century when Paul wrote this, you know, uh, uh, one of the ways that you showed a, a a sense of greeting was with a holy kiss. Now they would kiss on the lips, or you know, you go to different countries and they'll they'll like in the Middle East they'll kiss you on one cheek and then the other cheek. It's a form of of embracing. It's a form of I care about you. Mm-hmm. Now when you think about it, I want you to go back to you know you know Jesus Day. And uh, there were people that were untouchable. There were people that were outliers, outcasts. And those were the people that Jesus went after. Why? For the very reason that they were outcasts. And God, in, in, you know, as he comes in the person of Jesus Christ in physical, you know, as a physical being, and he showed incredible love for people. One of the ways he did is through affection. Like, like uh, you're familiar with leprosy. Yeah. Okay. So how did he heal a leper? He touched. That's it. And see, that was just in, that was scandalous. It was profound. Oh, yeah. Because to touch a leper is in, in every way is, is to be uh, pronounced unclean. Right. And, and literally what Jesus was, would do is look at the Pharisees and said, who said they're unclean? These are my people. And so he would touch them with the blind. He, you know, remember when he healed the blind man and he used a little spittle and and dirt, rubbed it in his eyes, touched the blind man. He touched people. And, And, you know, when you think about it, there must be a basic human need that God would show us how we're to treat one another. And it was always in a physical way. Mm hmm. But you know, one of the one of the questions, and, and I'm going to reverse our roles. I, I would pose to you: Why do you suppose there's such little affection today? Because I I don't think people get enough. That's interesting. Yeah, I think. Um, well, certainly after COVID, it's mm. changed dramatically. But even without COVID in the picture, you know, I just I see myself. I'm like this. I'm not as cute as I once was. You know, you see a three-year-old boy or girl like my son and daughter, and I'm like, I can't wait to grab them and kiss them. But, um, you know, these days I usually have a bead of sweat on my forehead. I'm a little thicker than I used to be. Maybe I'm breathing heavy. Like, who wants to touch me, right? Okay. Okay. That's one of the number ones is we're physically conscientious. Right. 
is that is that we feel awkward and uh, and you know like there's some people that are given for affection like for me that's my that's just I am a hugger mm-hmm. you know uh, sometimes uh, women's makeup will go you know get on my shirt or my suit like at a, I'm at a memorial or a wedding or whatever and I'll come home and Debbie will go would you hug every woman at the wedding? <laughs> I said, well, honey, when you're a chick magnet, you know, it's just hard. That's just uh, the way it goes. Yeah. But it, but, in all, <laughs> but in all seriousness is just, again, uh, some people are more physically conscientious. You know, uh, they might be overweight. They, they might have, uh, you know, a body that they feel, they feel uncomfortable with. Mm-hmm. But affection isn't about me. See, you brought up something that's really, really important. Affection is about the other person. But here's the crazy part. When I will embrace somebody else, I benefit as well. But what am I saying to them when I'm physically affectionate? I think it's, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but where I would go with that is it's it's like this acceptance of them, right? Yes. Go back to the leper. Go back to the blind man. You know, because people in that day, if you were lame or blind or a leper, here's what they knew. You must ascend. Mm-hmm. See, Jesus had to correct the the disciples because they, they, they he went to the lame man and uh, he had been lame or, or, excuse me, the blind man, and he had been blind since birth. And the disciples said, who sinned? So there was a firm belief that when people had a physical malady, that they must have had done something to deserve it, to which Jesus pushed right through that lie, and he hugged them, and he touched them. Okay, wait, give us a little clarity on that, because the things in this world that are not good are mm-hmm. the result of sin, right? So to be blind or a leper, it's it's the result of sin, but it goes all the way back to Adam. How, how do we grasp that okay okay so in general theologically you're you're right um god never willed that man would ever get sick that man would ever be blind that man would ever get leprosy that man would ever get cancer and on and on on. so so when sin came into the world sickness and then ultimately death came into the world but here's the thing what is my identity my identity is is a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm a son of God. Seen blameless by God, right? Absolutely. No, so sin there. If, and if God and sees so them. I live in a sinful world, but sin just really blocks God's will. Mm-hmm. It does. And so if I'm if I'm very conscientious and it's about me rather than others, I won't show affection. Mm-hmm. I'll make it a, oh, my body, I don't feel like hugging somebody or whatever. And and literally, he, here's how I would look at it. Live your life in such a way that affection isn't blocked. Mm-hmm. Now think about that. How do I put myself in a position where I am showing affection on a healthy level? Yeah. Okay, because we live in a broken, flawed world. <laughs> There are some men where women instinctively know this is not a holy kiss. This is not a holy hug. Mm -hmm. This is about them. In other words, they want the feel of a female body. And and a woman can instinctively know that this is not from God. This is not about me. This is about you. Mm -hmm. So I believe that one of the reasons people don't show physical affection, it's self-conscientiousness. I think secondly is is that it has to be, notice um, Paul uh, prefaces the affection. He says, greet one another with a holy kiss. 
See, and I believe a, a lot of times physical affection is impeded because it's sensual. I make it about me, about my needs. And so I, I love what Paul does is he says, no, 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 this is about the other person. That's why like, it was kind of interesting in the uh, pandemic. One of the areas that was so impeded during the pandemic and many, especially young people suffered was in the lack of physical touch. Right. Yeah, and but it did something to us where all of a sudden we were conscientious about how people wanted us to show affection. Like now, you gotta wonder even today, did you want a fist pump? Do you want a handshake or do you want a hug? Mm -hmm. And like I have, I have this one friend, you know, and and he, he kind of knows the question's coming, but he goes, "Bring it in," and and he just he just loves to get a bear hug, right. and uh, and I love the feel of that, and uh, and and so so the pandemic, I think, revealed a human need, which was affection, but it also causes to pause and say, if affection is about the other person, then I have to know proper levels of affection. Right. Yeah. Because maybe I want a hug, but someone else is has some health issues or some reason not to give a hug, we gotta, we gotta be communicating, right? So yes. That's a tough one. Well, it is, it's very interesting in the, in the Bible <clears throat> when it comes to prayer. Like, you know, I oversee our shepherding elders and our prayer team, and, and we pray for people every service, you know, uh, on the weekend. Well, one of the things that we train our prayer team in, you know, it talks about laying on of holy hands right. as we pray. Well, think about it. Is God not going to answer a prayer because you don't put your hand on somebody? What he's saying is that physical touch is powerful mm -hmm. because some people don't get it, and God knows we need it. But here's what we train our leaders to do. Ask permission. Can I put my hand on your shoulder? Perfect. Yeah. And so so I'll put my hand on with permission. That hand represents I care about you, I see you, I love you. And, and remember uh, you know, uh, that, that whole concept in the Gospels that will be the hand, the feet, and the voice of Jesus? Oh, the hand of Jesus, holy hands, touch. Jesus touched people, mm -hmm. why? Because it instinctively gives people value. It instinctively says there's no barrier between me and you. Like um, just recently, I, I uh, tried to reconcile a relationship, and uh, it didn't go well. And sometimes it doesn't, and that and that's not against the two people I tried to get reconciled. But it was so interesting to me when we finished the meeting, and it didn't go like I thought. And I had really hoped that it would go health in a healthy way, and that we would reconcile, and it didn't happen. But I watched one guy get up and leave the room, and then the other guy. They did not touch each other. They did not shake hands. They, they, and prior to that, they were incredibly affectionate. And so it's very interesting when, when, when Paul says, greet one another with a holy kiss, literally what I envision is he's saying, work out your relationships in such a way that there is holy affection mm -hmm. because God knows we need it. Yeah. Yeah, because you know, you know, one of the things you know uh, I, I love about you is that you have a purity of heart, and you know, as my son-in-law, is that I love the affection you show me, and and you know, we've said on this podcast numerous times that I really 
don't have anything that is a barrier between me and you. And I don't with, with Crystal, I don't with my son Johnny, with my wife. And in that way, affection is very easy. Well, I can I can remember a very specific oh, <laughs> time. You're not, you're not bringing that up, are you? Okay, bring it up. Uh, the holy kiss. It's the greatest I one in human history. It's the only kiss I've had from a man since I was a child, oh. I think. But <laughs> so go ahead. Okay, so I'm doing Crystal and Michael's wedding, and and I was just such a proud papa. And I remember <laughs> I'm about to walk down the aisle with my daughter and I'm like already emotional and then my daughter looks up at me and she goes daddy thank you for loving mom so much and I mean because I know I've loved her mother and that's what she says to me as we're going to walk down and I'm, I'm now I'm in tears so I get crystal down and and we had another pastor that was going to do the opening and so He's doing the opening. I, I'm like in la-la land. I'm, it's like it was happening to somebody else. And I just kept looking at Crystal, looking at Michael. And then it came the point of uh, who gives right. Crystal to be married <laughs> to Michael. And, and I go, her mother and I. And then the dad is supposed to kiss his daughter and then shake his future son-in-law's hand. Oh, no, no. I kiss Michael. And we have pictures of him wincing, going, what are you doing? It's the, it's the greatest. You could make so many captions, like wrong person. <laughs> and Crystal's kind of looking puzzled, like, weren't you going to kiss me, Daddy? Yeah, so that was, that was probably my greatest... Uh, Fulfillment of that scripture. Yes, right yes, it was a holy kiss. <laughs> See, Michael, I was embracing you. Yeah, I was bringing well, you into my family. We've been, we've been close since then. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know what's great though is it was a moment we'll always remember, and and it really did give me the opportunity to feel so accepted as your son-in-law. Mm. So it's funny now. I yeah. know you've Chris. Kissed Crystal plenty of times, so I'm I'm sure she's fine. Yeah, and uh, you you fulfilled the scripture, so that's just a laugh for our listeners. Yeah. <laughs> well, again, I'm, I want to go back to what inhibits. I think what inhibits is our physical uncomfortableness with our own bodies. Right. Secondly, we make it about us. Hmm. See, it, I might say, well, I'm not just I'm, I'm not an affectionate person. Uh, no, no, you don't get out on that. The the thing of greet one another with the Holy Kiss, it's an imperative command. This is not an optional thing. Because what God is saying is, I want you to get out of your head. Mm-hmm. This is not about you. This is about the need that another person has. Because you give them, it's it's in, a, in essence what I'm saying to somebody when I'm affectionate. I see you, there's nothing between me and you, and I care about you. And, and, and so I believe that, that a lot of reason affection doesn't happen is it's, it, we make it about us. And then I think thirdly, I think uh, we live in a very corrupt, broken world. And, uh, and so guys that are steeped in pornography, people that are very sexually active, um, it, it, it again becomes about them. Because you think about it, why is there sexual immorality? Good question. Why? It's about me. Hmm. See, like, you know, it, it's interesting, the, you know, in, in, uh, in 1 John uh, chapter 2, verse, verses 15 through 17, it, it says, Do not love the world nor the things in the world. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, 
the lust of the eyes and the and the boastful pride of life is not from the Father, but it's from the world. Think about those three things. They're the three great temptations. They're the three temptations that Jesus was tempted. When remember when he was baptized and then led out into the desert? He had fasted 40 days and 40 nights. He's at his weakest point. And what does Satan throw at him? The lust of the flesh. It's pleasure. Mm-hmm. The lust of the eyes is materialism. Boastful pride of life is arrogance. It's about me, my position, my authority, you know, how people view me. Mm-hmm. But the lust of the flesh has been in us from the beginning. Now, sexual desire is a healthy thing in the right context of a marriage. Right. But anything outside of that is immorality. And and, and and that's why in, in, in Hebrews 13, it says, keep the wedding bed undefiled for neither fornicators nor adulterers will enter the kingdom of heaven. You know, uh, in, in, the, in the Ten Commandments, it says, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife. Covet means it's about me. Mm-hmm. I want her for me. It's my physical pleasure. And I believe the reason there isn't a lot of holy affection is because we're so self uh, uh, soothing. It's it's all about me. Right. But man, when there are people that uh, that are just holy, godly, affection is a big part of their lives. And now I understand in certain contexts or certain uh, ethnic groups that you got to be really careful. You know, and and so like if I travel on the mission field, I want to know what are the standards. that are acceptable in that country, in that ethnic group. So I I do know that there's right affection, but that would be the same thing you and me or me and somebody else, you know, is is that I don't just willy-nilly give affection. Mm -hmm. I want to know, can I, like, like I'll even ask somebody, can I give you a hug? Like, um, I do a lot of memorials. Uh, I'm around a lot of death. And so there are family members where I'll go and visit and, and they'll tell me the story of their husband or their, their brother. And, and, and all of a sudden, they're, they're crying or sobbing. And I'll just say, can I hold you? Now, why do I do that? Because I don't want it to be an awkward moment. It's not about me trying to soothe me. It's about, could this hug just let you know I care? <laughs> and open the opportunity for you to cry or whatever. That's it. Yeah. And so, so it's almost like, you know, here you have this command, greet one another with a holy kiss. But if you stop for a moment and just meditate on it, it really gets at the heart of, of Christianity, isn't it? You know, again, when Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind, and to love your neighbor as you love yourself. So it's about your neighbor before you. And so you can take all these one another passages. They're all about loving each other. And one of them is greet one another with the holy kiss. Yeah, that's selflessness to it. I I love that you ask permission in, yeah, in these yeah. examples. I think that's a really good lesson. I um I know I've been greeted with some hugs that I maybe not wouldn't have given permission to, but um it, you know, it's just, if you ask permission and they say yes, what a what an awesome moment you get to share, right? Yeah. That welcomed hug or, you know, handshake or whatever. That's it. And then there's some people like, and I hate to say it, that you would not want to hug from. You know, like, uh, it's very interesting in Proverbs. It says, um, 
uh, faithful are the wounds of a friend. But then it says on the on the flip side, deceitful are the kisses of an enemy. Mm-hmm. Think about that. That there are people who have ill intention against you, who may be, you know, uh, literally stealing from you, but they'll give you a hug or a kiss. Think think what the Bible describes it as. That's deceitful. That's not a holy kiss. Right. So so this is why, I, you know, I as people might be listening to this podcast, I would. I would ask each of us to evaluate where's the state of my heart. Like like Jesus said, out of the heart flow the issues of life. Mm. Am I giving hugs or kisses, uh, handshakes with a deceitful heart? Like there's a friend of mine who had this uh, woman who worked for him for decades, and um, she would greet him, and it was she was like a mother figure to him, only for him to find out that she was stealing from him. I think literally over $450,000 she stole from him. But she would greet him every day, and she would call him by his first name, and she would hug him. And all the time behind his back, she's stealing from him. That's a woman with a flawed, broken heart. Mm. And so to me, if you've got a, a, a healthy heart, if you have pure motive, then affection becomes something that is 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 something people need, and but you want to be careful again to know what are their what are their boundaries, what are their limitations, and you know like there there's some women that would would take a side on sidearm non-committal hug, and that wouldn't be meaningful to them. Some women will will you know you'd be able to uh, hug them in front. I really embrace them. Yeah. yeah. And, but you just got to know who you're dealing with. But again, it's not about me. And that is the, the, the epitome of what Christianity is. It's not about me. Yeah. Don't Like, like in, in Philippians, Paul says, don't think about your own personal interests, but think about the interests of others. What's the interest of another? Some people just need a hug. Now, this is huge in marriage, right? Oh. Because... It's it's a lot easier to to hug or you know touch your spouse. Yes. Right. You can approach with a lot less caution because you're so familiar with each right. other, right? Right. But it that I feel like that's such a slippery slope because you can really make it about yourself more easily. And if we're practicing being affectionate from a selfless position, yes. it just changes everything. Yeah. Yes. Well, it's like like go go to that verse again. We know that there's physical affection in marriage. There's sexual affection, or, or sexuality. Well, it's very interesting in in First Corinthians seven that verse that we've talked talked about where it says a woman's body is made for a man, a man's body is made for a woman, and then an imperative command: quit de- denying each other in this matter of sexuality. In other words, don't deny it. Well, here's the thing is, every husband wants his wife to memorize that verse. <laughs> Honey, don't deny me. And, but, but, you know, what, what is Paul getting at? Because later he's going to get into the whole thing of, lo- of love. Well, I don't demand sexuality, but, but I think what Paul, not think, I know Paul's heart. What he's saying is work out your relationship in your marriage in such a way that sexuality is not impeded, mm-hmm. but you can't demand it. You can't force it. That would be rape. Mm-hmm. I had a I had a husband who, admittedly, when he he became more spiritually centered, and and more focused on what love was, 
He literally said to me, I believe in the first few years of my marriage, I was raping my wife. Oh my gosh. Because he goes, I made it. thing to face. Yes. But think about the confession he's making. Yeah. I was abusive. It was about me. See, it, go back to, you know, do not love the world nor the things in the world for all that is the world, the lust of the flesh. It was about him, mm-hmm. my pleasure, my, my, my excitement. And, uh, and so I love that we're talking about this holy kiss thing. It could have been just funny. Yeah. But you know what? It's, it's at the heart of Christianity because it's all about the other person. And when I make it about the other person, I'm sensitive to their boundaries, but I will bring it in to say to them, I see you. I care about you. I love you. Mm, that's awesome. Yeah. Right on. What a great conversation. Absolutely. Cool. And uh, we're just going to keep going on this series, you know, on, on one another's. And uh, um, one of the things I want to talk about next week is the whole concept of instructing one another. Whoa. This is an, an interesting one because I am so deeply grateful. I can just rattle off the people in my life who have instructed me where I didn't know something, I was blind to something, and they gave me wisdom and instruction. And so we're gonna talk about that. Cool, all right, I'm looking forward to it. Well, as always, you can reach out to us at relationshipbythebook at outlook.com or on social media. All right, 